This is the Workday Red Zone on the ticket, 95.3 and 9.70 a.m. K-N-E-A. Here's your host, Kara Ritchie. Hello, friends. How you doing? Happy Monday. Everybody feeling all right? I'm feeling good. Hope you're feeling good. Uh, Not really the normal Monday vibe here. Not one of those days where you had to kind of drag yourself out of bed and think about what was ahead for the day. No, 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 no. A day where personally I I was ready to get my Monday started. So I hope you're in good spirits as well. Thanks for hanging out with us. Today on the Workday Red Zone. Of course, we're coming at you from the ticket, KDA 970 AM, along with 95.3, 96.9, and 104.1 at KBRI. We stream online at 953theticket.com. And in addition to that, you can take us with you on the go. Download the TuneIn app, search for KNEA, and you'll be all set. If you want to shout at us today, easy peasy, call us 9303776. You can also shout at us on social media, facebook.com slash 953theticket or on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie. You can also use the hashtag WDRZ. I'm Kara. I'm joined in studio by producer Cade Carlton. Good afternoon. Busy weekend for Cade, calling some hoops, watching some football. But of course, uh, he's here with us for the next couple of hours. He's here for the next couple of three hours, but he's here with us on the the, uh, Workday Red Zone here from noon to two. So we've got a lot, a lot, a lot to dive into is Monday's always busy day of recapping all the action. Uh, So we'll get to it before we tell you what all is ahead here on the program. Of course, the losing streak is over for Arkansas State football as the Red Wolves were able to top ULM 27-24 Saturday in Fun Row. Lane Hatcher threw for two touchdowns to go along with his career record 444 yards while Blake Groupie kicked the game-winning field goal. We'll go over the statistical standouts, all of that coming up later on in the program. Tonight, though, A-State basketball returns to the hardwood with a doubleheader at First National Bank Arena. So after a 92-53 setback at 11th-ranked Illinois on Friday, the men's team will look to bounce back tonight against Central Baptist College. That one tips off at approximately 7.30 on 107.9 K-Fine. Of course, it is a doubleheader. So uh, basically, the men's game will tip off about 30 minutes after the conclusion of the women's game. They'll face McNeese tonight at 5 right here on the ticket. They're also looking back, looking to get back in the win column as uh, the A-State women lost to Oklahoma 101-89 to Friday morning. Meanwhile, the golden boot belongs to Arkansas. The 25th-ranked Razorbacks edged out LSU 16-13 to in overtime Saturday with a Cam Little field goal. Hogs hoops also picking up a win over the weekend, topping Gardner-Webb. 86 to 69. So that's the basic slate of what we saw over the weekend. Of course, uh, we'll talk a lot today about Arkansas State's win over ULM. But for our KavanaughCars.com question, I want to get your take on the game. What was your biggest takeaway from that win on Saturday? Easy peasy, right? That's our KavanaughCars.com question today on the show. 9303776 is, of course, the number to call to weigh in on the show. We'll have a lot of open phone lines for you today to comment on that. But, uh, <laughs> look, it's never easy to snap a losing streak. It's just not. When you kind of get into that mindset, I-, I wonder what it's like as as a player. Because as a fan, 
when you're in that mindset, you get to the end of that game, and you're not really <laughs> looking for things to go right. You're wondering what is about to happen next that is going to derail this and send this team to its nice straight L. Now, we didn't see that, but that's what goes through your head as a fan. So, again, I can't imagine how the players are kind of able to ignore those feelings and keep the focus and be able to, to concentrate on the task at hand. Of course, they did, even though it was a game that was kind of full of, uh, well, it was full of adventure and not without its nerve-wracking moments. We've had, you know, every single post game. if you've listened to Butch Jones, he has been a little bit of a broken record in the fact that he has said, before you win a game, you have to not lose the game. And on the one hand, that just sounds like some coach babble. I mean, it does. Come on. But then you start to think of it in, in you go back to Saturday and you look at it at, at that game. And you look at it in those terms. And you think of all the things that Arkansas State in that, did in that game that, that could have lost in the game. The two fluke interceptions. The multiple times they were unable to convert on fourth and, and one or fourth and short. Uh, the 75-yard touchdown play. You think of all those things where they, those plays where they, they could have lost the game. And you start thinking about that quote that he says over and over and you're like, oh, okay, maybe. I, I kind of get it now. It's not just complete coach speak that he says over and over. Throughout that game, we saw Arkansas State at times uh, blow some opportunities, give up some big plays, and look like they might have been on their way to a defeat after giving up 17 points to ULM in the third quarter and trailing at one point in time 21-10. to 10. But Arkansas State was able to find a way to stop the bleeding, uh, to get momentum back on their side. There was obviously not a single second of quit in the team, even when it did look like things might have been spiraling, spiraling a little bit. We saw the team start to be able to snap and clear. And next thing you know, Touchdown later. Couple defensive stops. Another touchdown. Blake Gerby field goal. And all of a sudden, uh, Arkansas State back in the win column. Again, a lot to break down from this one. We'll do so throughout the course of the show. We'll also have some audio for you today from head football coach Butch Jones. But as we mentioned, the phone lines are open. Curious to hear your thoughts on this one today. And Bootsy is batting leadoff today on the Ritter Communications Hotline. How are you? Oh, get my get my music going. I'm sorry, I'm badly... <laughs> No, uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. And uh, my biggest takeaway from the game, really, it's something that I've observed really all season long, and, and you've already hit on it. And it's the fact that the team has continued to play; they haven't they haven't given up. Um, about three or four weeks ago, I said that if this team continued to play, particularly defense, the way they were at the time, there's not another team on the schedule that they could win. And we all know that the defense has, in, has improved over the last several games uh, to the point to where we now have allowed ourselves a chance to be in the game in the fourth quarter. And I think that that speaks to some of what Butch is talking about to us when he talks about, you know, don't lose the game. You can't win it before you not lose it. Yeah. And, uh, and when they went from being up by 10 points to being down – 21 to 10 in a matter of like four or five plays, that would have been a good 
opportunity to say, you know what, I'm done. But they didn't. They kept playing. You know, as long as the team continues to try hard and take coaching, you feel like at some point something really good will happen for them. And I think that's what happened Saturday. They finally got that paycheck that they've been working so hard for over the past seven or eight weeks. You know, you hit on with these players continuing to to show the effort – these guys don't have anything left to play for this season except a little bit of pride and taking some momentum into the offseason. Any other possible goal they set for themselves at the beginning of the year is over. Um, they're not going to a bowl game. They're, they're certainly not in the, the Sunbelt West conversation. So any of those things they probably thought or hoped that maybe they could achieve when things got started, that's, I mean, that's, that's not happening. So now that's all you can do is just play for, play for your teammates, play for your fans. And uh, play for yourself and, and go out on a more positive note than what we've seen in these previous eight games. Yes, it's, that's exactly right. And I'm sure that that's going to really help them, their mental uh, attitude when, as they prepare for, I think, is it Georgia State next? Yes. It's got to, you know, they've got to have a little extra pep in their step, you would think, you know, this week in practice. I think it's going to give them a lot of confidence. And, again, Georgia State has a really good – Offensive and defensive line. So this, uh, this will they don't have to play better than they did Saturday. Still to, to have a chance to win that one, but at least now I can see them possibly winning a game where three or four weeks ago I would have given them no chance whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and I was surprised that Lane wound up with 444 yards when you consider how the offense performed uh, at times during that game. He could have had 600 yards, you know. Uh, but there again, he, uh, as you mentioned, he had the, some early uh, issues of ball bouncing off receivers' hands. They get intercepted, you know. And again, he just he just kept being Lane Hatcher. Yeah. And there's a, in spite of everything that's happened this year, there's still some positives if you choose to look for them about this team. And I really love the fact that they have continued, in spite of everything, they just continued to work hard, and I'm 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 happy for them. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, there's there's the potential now for this team, although, again, the, the challenge gets a lot tougher on Saturday. There's a potential now for this team to win, still win four games. And while that, you know, falls short of bowl eligibility and some of those goals we talked about a second ago, that still equals what you did last year. And when you think about, you know, this is a team that lost its its uh, best offensive lineman from last year, lost a, a standout quarterback, its most reliable wide receiver, its most dynamic wide receiver, and its best defense, its two best defensive players. I mean, you throw all that in there, and you're like, all right, maybe, maybe four wins ain't all that bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I couldn't have a, I could not have imagined such a scenario before the season started. But we all know now that we really didn't have uh, the guns that we that we thought we had. Uh, but again, if they just continue to try hard the way they've done. Uh, they still will be laying a foundation that can be built upon beginning uh, in the spring practice coming up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the call. Hey, appreciate the phone call today, Bootsy. We'll see you. Take care. 9303776 is the number to call. A-State Nation with this stat that they put out on their Twitter earlier today, about an hour ago, in fact. Uh, A-State is still statistically on the season not a good good defense when you look at their numbers from from all 10 games 
And one of the things I mentioned a few weeks ago is that <laughs> I wanted to see A-State close the season strong enough that they do not finish dead last in any of the four main statistical defensive categories. And I view those as rushing defense, passing defense, total defense, which is yards per game, and also scoring defense, which of course is points allowed per game. And we're not going to check on all four of those today because <laughs> there's a couple places where Arkansas State is still at the bottom of all 130 teams in the country. But but here's the progress. For the season, A-State is still last in the Sun Belt Conference. They allow 41.1 points per game. And on the, the season, um, you know, you think about those first five games where Arkansas State was regularly allowing 50-point efforts from the opposition. And that was tough. But in the last five games, Arkansas State has only allowed 23.6 points per game. So, big improvement there. And that is, uh, that's from the defense in terms of what they have allowed. Is that right? That's not right. I'm going to have to check Jeff Reed's math. Don't trust his math. That's that's not right. Yeah. I started reading that and I was like, they haven't had a game where they've allowed under 24 points per game. So that's, but I will tell you it's improved. So we'll look. Of course, they gave up 24 against ULM. Uh, they gave up total 48 against Snap State, but the defense surrendered 34 of those points because two of the scores for the Mountaineers were, were pick sixes. So uh, 24 this week, 34 last week. 31 against South Alabama, 20, 28 against Louisiana. So not quite the 23.6 that is mentioned here, but still a dramatically lower number than what we saw the first five games of the season where the first five games against FBS competition, A-State allowed about an average of 50 points per game. So you're seeing that number down now to, what, 29-ish, 30-ish? It's about three touchdowns per game better. <laughs> and while it's easy to look at that and think, oh, well, A-State's playing weaker competition. No, Louisiana's good. App State's good. So there has been improvement even, even uh, against some of the better teams of the league. But uh, I tell you what, phone lines are open, 9303776. We'll continue to come back, break this one down a little bit. We've also got some audio from Butch Jones to share with you when we return. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. We are the station that always has our howl on. Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. 95.3. Thought Cooler ticket. weather is here, but that doesn't mean it's time to put up the clubs. NEA Golf Cars has all the accessories for the golfer who knows there is no off-season. Go buy NEA Golf Cars and see their selection of windshields, rain covers, and countless other manufacturer original parts. And if it's time to park your cart, bring it to NEA Golf Cars for service to make sure there are no surprises next spring. And as always, you can check out their selection of new golf cars, including the Onward Series from Club Car. Call 23 six golf or get by NEA golf cars highway 49 in Paragool. get a zero dollar premium and a zero dollar primary provider copay with arkansas blue cross and blue shields medipack advantage hmo plan you can switch plans now the medicare annual enrollment period ends december 7th call woody harrelson at 870-897-5000 to learn more woody harrelson is a listing agency for arkansas blue cross plans available only the residents of arkansas not available in all counties medipack advantage hmo has a different network of doctors and hospitals than your current plan before enrolling please check to be sure you're 
your doctors are in the network. MediPak Advantage HMO is insured by Health Advantage and is an HMO plan with a Medicare contract and enrollment depends on contract renewal. Central Ford in Truman is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Right now, Central Ford has a huge selection of late model F-150s and F-250s ready to go. Looking for an SUV? Select from several expeditions, edges, and escapes on the lot. Central Ford is Central Satisfaction. Just off I-555 at exit 29 in Truman and online at centralfordtruman.com. This is Davey Carter with Centennial Bank. At Centennial, we're proud of our long-standing relationship with Arkansas State University. Whether it's opening up a new account at our on-campus banking center, we're cheering with you at Centennial Bank Stadium. And we're embracing our newest Red Wolf leaders as well, including our hard-charging football coach, Butch Jones, and our new athletic director, Tom Bowen. At Centennial, our promise is to always be here for you. We're building legacies, one Red Wolf at a time. Centennial Bank, member FDIC. There's a lot of things we can say about the kind of experience you get when using First Financial Mortgage. Here are more glowing reviews from satisfied customers. I always hate buying, selling, or refinancing a home. First Financial Mortgage was great from start to finish. Everyone there was friendly and easy to talk to. Mary Tucker was a godsend. This was our first home to purchase, and she walked us through the entire process step by step. She is a true professional. Call Mary Tucker or Lori Weaver, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, equal housing lender, member FDIC. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology. You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393-5330 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. This is your warning. You're entering the Workday Red Zone. I'm gonna find Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Kate with you, 930-3776. The number to call on the Ritter Communications Hotline. We're asking you what was your biggest takeaway from A-State's win over ULM over the weekend for our KavanaughCars.com question, we could ask you, you know, your bad, good, and better. Could ask you who got your game ball. Because I think there would have been a lot of good answers for both of those questions as well. But you guys are already off and running in terms of the question of the day on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie. Phone line's open, though. You can weigh in there as well. When you look at how this one unfolded, um, <laughs> the first drive was was terrifying. I was like, oh, no. Because you had a, a drive where Arkansas State was moving the ball down the field. We saw some some we saw A-State running the ball early, which was a very welcome sight. And that very first drive, Arkansas State looks like they've got some decent momentum going against the Warhawks. And then what happened, you have a fluke play where the ball kind of bounces off to Valence Hunt's face mask and lands in the hands of a Warhawk defender. So it took A-State a minute to turn it over. You're just thinking, <laughs> for real? <laughs> like, is this, is this really, is this really how this game is going to start? But, had tips to the A State defense because what did they do on the very first drive? They forced a three and out, and not only did they force a three and out, they actually put uh, moved ULM backwards a little bit, and that would turn into a common theme on the day. 
Once uh, they punted it away and A-State got it back, we saw a really good drive put together by the Red Wolves, an 80-yard drive that ended in a touchdown, a rushing touchdown for Corey Rucker, which again, in the first quarter, we saw this A-State team move the ball down the field by running the football, which is not something we see a lot. Of course, Rucker scored on uh, fly sweep. I'd forgotten this and or didn't realize this until I went back and watched it this morning, but you know, Wyatt Beagle was actually out there on the field uh, for that handoff there for Rucker. But uh, with, you know, 11-15 left there in the first quarter, A-State was up 7 nothing. You get into the second quarter and, well, let me go back to the first quarter. Because what happened on the next A-State drive? Another fluke interception. And you're just thinking, all right. This defense has played <laughs> pretty good so far. Are they going to be able to do this all game to be put in unfortunate situations and, and have to continue to rally? And you know what? They did. Even when all game long, Arkansas State couldn't get that offensive traction that they needed, more times than not, we saw the defense step up. Um, the A-State offense, such a mixed bag on the day. On the one hand, you had a career high, 444 yards for for Lane Hatcher it was great to see him bounce back after two tough performances yeah the, the interceptions that are that are ultimately on his stat line are not really things you point at him and go oh that was Lane Hatcher's fault just kind of fluky plays um we saw a much better day for the A-State O-line than we've seen the wide receivers great moments in the fact that 12 different guys caught a pass not so great moments in the facts that a couple of those passes bounced off their hands and ended up in the the hands of the ULM receivers there is also the fact that again a state ran it early but did not run it in the second third and fourth quarter with any consistency in the power run game at this point in time like put the power run game on a milk carton i've not seen it since 2018 2000 i don't know i don't know when the last time that i felt absolutely 100 percent confident that arkansas state could line up in a third and one or a fourth and one and be able to convert it we're gonna go with 2015 that sounds about right Put it on a milk carton. Because time and time again, we saw A-State in this game line up in a fourth and short situation to go for it and not be able to convert. And it was tough. And every time there were one of those interceptions and every time you, you saw one of those turnovers on downs, you're just thinking, man, <laughs> it's been really fun to beat ULM for the past decade. All good things come to an end. But again, tip your cap to the defense and the fact that more often than not, they were able to get those stops. The defense did have some hiccups right at the end of the half and, of course, heading into the third quarter. We saw ULM score a touchdown there with, what, 33 seconds on the clock? And that was obviously frustrating to see because at that point in time, A-State was so close to having a scoreless half which we have not seen since last season when the Red Wolves played the Raging Cajuns. And we just hadn't seen that very much lately, defensively, period. 33 seconds away from that, but they weren't able to hold on there at the end. And then, of course, the second half started with that one-play touchdown drive. It's been a few weeks since we've seen those. First play, though, 75 yards, and you're just thinking, oh, no, here goes. On the next two possessions, the Warhawks scored again, a touchdown and a field goal. So, again, at that point in time, well, after the touchdown, it was 21-10, to 10, and you're just thinking, this is how it gets away. This is how it snowballs. Nothing good is going to happen. But 
We saw the A-State defense find a way to come alive again in the fourth quarter. And this A-State, the offense came alive in the fourth quarter. The defense finished the game with ULM on their final five drives, four punts and an interception. The A-State defense played 45 minutes of very good football in this one. Not quite a full game, but 45 minutes of very good defense is about a quarter longer than we've seen A-State been able to to perform um, at any other point in time this season. I mean, you think about some of the other games we've seen recently. The, the App State game was not great, so we'll just skip over that one. But against South Alabama, A-State played really good defensively in the second half. That game against the Raging Cajuns, Arkansas State played really good for about the first 20 minutes, and then, well, they didn't allow Louisiana to score in the fourth quarter, but that wasn't necessarily a great defensive moment either because the Cajuns just marched down the field on them. But game in and game out, we're seeing just a few more minutes, a few more plays, a few more drives where the defense has been able to step up. Is part of that due to the fact that the competition this week was was a little bit lessened? Yes. We finally saw A-State kind of on equal footing in terms of talent. Um, or at least in a situation where they still have a talent advantage. A-State doesn't have a talent advantage over App or the Cajuns or Coastal Carolina. I don't even know if they have a talent advantage right now over South Alabama. And what happened in those games? A-State kind of got manhandled and pushed around. But at least on a team where, where they had some equal footing or a talent advantage, they showed they could still come out and, and get a victory like they were supposed to. Uh, let's hear from Butch Jones. We should probably hear him talk about it for a little bit instead of just hearing me talk about it. So We've got some audio there from... The Arkansas State football head coach. And I tell you what, I meant to play this earlier, but we're actually going to start with a clip from last week's live with the Red Wolves. It's the one clip labeled Butch, by the way. But if you weren't able to make it out last Wednesday to live with the Red Wolves on Southwest Drive, the special player guest was was Blake Groupie, and he deserves all the kudos in the world right now because not only is he fresh off of making a game-winning kick, but every single week is like a historical week right now for Blake Groupie. You go back to the App State game, and he became A-State's all-time leader in points scored by a kicker. You get to this game against ULM. Uh, Blake Groupie now holds the record for most field goals made in Arkansas State history, also most extra points made in Arkansas State history. So now he's just seven points away from being the all-time point scorer in program history. So every week is like a historical week for Groupie. So he was a special player guest last week at Live with the Red Wolves. And of course, before they get into the segment with the player, host Matt Stoltz always ask Coach Butch Jones just a little bit about the player. And uh, Stoltz was talking about how well Groupie represents Arkansas State and of course how good of a kicker is he is as well. And, and Jones actually called it. He called the game-winning clip. Uh, game-winning kick in this clip. And, you know, I know he said it, but we're excited to have him back for another year. And uh, he's going to kick some game-winning field goals for us, and he's going he's to kick some uh, winning kicks for us next year. And who knows? We still have three games to go yeah, this maybe year Maybe this week. Well. Who knows? That's right. We'll talk but you know what? I'll tell you this. If we, were, if we win – we do have a game-winning kick. There isn't anybody I want more kicking than Blake Groupie. Now you better make the kick. And he did. Believe it or not, out of the 59 field goals that Groupie has made in his career, it's the very first one that was a game winner. 
pretty cool note there for Groupie. And again, now just seven points away from being the all-time scoring leader there uh, for the A-State program. All right, let's hear uh, some more from Jones here as he recaps the game. Obviously, you know, a happy head coach after a win. And he talked about uh, what he was most impressed by and just how he was feeling after that 27-24 victory in Monroe. I'll tell you what, really proud of our players. They just, they battled through uh, a lot of adversities that went in the game. Some of the adversities we created for ourselves. But we needed to go on the road and we needed to find a way to win like this. And with everything that didn't go our way, and uh, we left a lot of points out there, particularly in the first half. And then critical down still did not do a good job on third and one, third and two. But we found a way to battle and stay together and uh Great, great road win for us, great win for us, and it's just great to see the players of just how much they've invested in the program, and it's starting, the culture slowly is starting to kick in with with everything, the mentality, the style of play, the brotherhood, a long way to go, but really proud of them, and and again, anytime you can win, it's special. With this game, as we referenced a moment ago, there was a time when Arkansas State was trailing 21-10, to 10, and it just felt like all of the momentum was going ULM's way. There was about 10 minutes left in, in the third quarter when that was going on, and I guess the, about the previous 10 or so minutes going back before the half had been all ULM, and I know I just started to feel, I kind of felt yucky when I was watching the game. I was like, ugh, no, nothing good is about to happen, but Credit the Red Wolves, they stopped the bleeding, and Butch Jones talks about how his team was able to refocus and uh, retake control of the momentum there to close things out. Well, that's what we talk about is why would you ever let a scoreboard dictate how you play? And that's kind of the, the program philosophy, and, and, and again, we just kept playing, and we knew that we were leaving a lot of plays out there, and we just needed to keep working our way through it, and that's what happens. And Again, I give all the, the credit to our players. And, you know, Lane made some, some plays down the road. Dahu Green stepped up, made a big play for us. Um, you know, and then, you know, it's just you're sitting on the sideline and we had schemed the, the punt block up uh, all game long and into the, into the week of preparation, and we just missed that. And so a lot of things that you could get down, like, just like you said, being down two scores, toughness kept grinding to find a way to, to grind through a victory. In that game, it was, again, the, the defense that actually sealed the deal. And I, I have a question for you guys quickly before we reintroduce this. And I want you to be honest. And maybe you don't even necessarily have to call us with your answer. But I am just curious if at the end of that game, there on the last drive, did you at home sitting on your couch or in your vehicle listening to the radio broadcast, did you have faith right then for the Arkansas State defense to be able to get that stop on that last drive or no? I'm just curious. Now, here's Butch, though, talking about the way his defense stepped up so many times during the day. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Sammy Johnson made an incredible interception, and 
uh, you know, just came up, made a play. And really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is making plays and particularly making plays when the game is on the line. We were able to apply some pressure to them. You know, when you look at it, we really dominated the game. We had 538 yards to their 372 yards, and 128 of their yards came on two plays, which has kind of been the story. But I feel like we're getting better defensively. You know, offensively, it really comes down to managing the critical downs. And, you know, when you go for it on fourth and one, you have to get those and and, and be able to maintain possession. And then what can you say about Blake? You know, and uh, we kind of joked about it on the radio show on Wednesday that he was going to kick the game-winning field goal. And, you know, there isn't anybody we'd want kicking the ball more than Blake Groupie. Just a couple more clips here from Butch Jones. Uh, if you missed any of the conversation during the game about Alan Lamar, this is a special story because it's in, in, incredible. Uh, Alan Lamar last week was hospitalized to treat a cyst on his throat. And he was, for obvious reasons, not expected to play on Saturday. But there he was anyways, returning the opening kickoff and Butch Jones elaborates just a little bit on uh, on Alan Lamar. Well, a remarkable story, and I think that shows you the unselfishness of him and how much this football program means to him. And he was hospitalized last night, um, had a cyst on his throat. They had to drain it. They were worried about him breathing and uh, got cleared by the doctors this morning in Jonesboro, and his mom drove him to the game so he could be with his teammates and play. And I tell you, if that don't speak volumes, um, I don't know what does about his character, his competitive care state, and his teammates. So, yeah, give that game ball to Alan Lamar so then he can turn around and give it to his mom for driving him to the game. Last thing here from Jones. He was asked following the game, you know, what, what did he learn about himself, about this program, about whatever? in the midst of this A-State losing streak that they're going to apply to the rest of the season to finish out strong? Well, you find out about you, you know, and uh, everything's tested, your, your, you know, your perseverance, and you find out a lot about you, you find out about your leadership skills, you find out about everything, and I believe in what we do, I believe in our program, I believe in our players, and you have to keep looking and what I look at it is you really find out who's with you you know and we're going to win a lot of games in our tenure here at Arkansas State we're going to make sure that we do it the right way but really it's kind of being a a revealing for me of who's in and you really find out who's with Dree and kind of see the program starting now we got to turn around and go to Atlanta which I think is one of the best programs best teams in this conference and so it's another challenge this week but we're going to enjoy the long bus ride home to Jonesboro. I'm going to guess it was a, a happy trip. Hey, I tell you what, let's hit pause. Again, that was Butch Jones. The pregame show, 107 on K-Fine. Of course, you can always hear him post-game following every game, win or lose. But, hey, that one a little bit more optimistic, a little bit happier than some of the ones we've heard in previous weeks. Still a few more things I want to touch on with this game before we start going in another direction as we've still got a ton to recap from the weekend. Hoops, uh, college football, SEC, Sunbelts, and more. But, uh When we come back, uh, we'll talk about what I think is the most important stat from this win on Saturday. More on that on the way. Keep it here with us on The Ticket. 
We're not as socially awkward as you think. Search for 95.3 The Ticket on Facebook and follow us at 95.3 The Ticket on Twitter. Central Nissan is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Right now, pick up a 2022 Nissan Frontier, only $35,454 with 1.9% financing for well-qualified customers. Or step up to a 21 Nissan Titan Pro 4x4. But hurry, they're going fast at 0.9% financing with approved credit seat dealer for details. Central Nissan is Central Satisfaction at the corner of Parker and Stadium in Jonesboro and online at centralnissan.net. When you bank at First Security, you're choosing better for yourself and fellow Arkansans. Better service from friendly professionals who really invest in your goals. Better solutions with convenient tools and smart resources. And better support for the things that matter to you as well as the communities that matter to us all. Because finding your better at First Security makes Arkansas better too. First Security. Bank better. Member FDIC. Corn, cotton, and rice falling a bit. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB New Market Report. December corn at 575 and a quarter down two with March corn at 582 and three quarters down two and a quarter. January soybeans 1253 and a quarter up nine with March soybeans 1265 up eight and three quarters. December wheat at 823 and three quarters up six and three quarters with March wheat at 834 and a half up six. December cotton at 11764 down five with March cotton at 11476 down 32. January rice at 1406 down five and a half. March rice at 1426 down six. Moving on to livestock now, December live cattle at 32.12 and a half unchanged with February live cattle at 136.50 up 40. November feeder cattle at 155.85 down 40 with January feeder cattle at 157.87 and a half up 15. December lane hogs at 75.85 down two and a half with February lane hogs at 80.92 and a half up 37 and a half. That's your EAB New Market Report. I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. I'm made of grit, passion, and hands that never stop working. I'm made of agronomics, innovation, and hands that never stop helping. I I believe believe cotton cotton isn't isn't a crop. It's a calling. I'm made to grow it. Protect it. I know this is important to my family. Every family. That's why I work harder. Innovate better. To make my cotton as good as it can be. As protected as it can be. I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. We We create create chemistry. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Turn it up and annoy your coworkers who wear the wrong colors. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Still Kara and Kate here with you. 930-3776 is the number to call. And we're asking you today your biggest takeaway from A-State's 27-24 win over the weekend. Uh, A lot of good stats from this one that stand out. But I want to share what is possibly uh, my favorite in terms of maybe starting to get a grasp on 
what this defense could look like in the future. It does feel like throughout the first, you know, nine or so games, it's it's been kind of difficult to figure out, well, to be blunt, not only what this defense was good at, but what this defense was even trying to be good at. Because it struggled. So you're like, all right, what what do they want to do on the field? And I think what we saw in this game against ULM is is we saw that Rob Harley wants this defense to look very similar to Joe Cawthon's defense. And based on previous comments, that seems like that would hold true as well. But what I mean by that is is an attacking defense that really racks up the tackle for loss and sacks numbers. And in this game, A-State finished with six sacks and 14 tackles for loss. We don't see numbers like that a lot. In fact, you go back uh, recently looking at games that were six sack and double-digit tackle for loss performances. I think uh, A-State was able to do that against Georgia Southern last year. I know one that stands out big time was the six sack, 15 tackle for loss performance that A-State had against UCF at the Cure Bowl. We just don't see those games that commonly. So I I think that, you know, if this defense is going the way that Rob Harley wants it to, those are numbers that we're going to continue to see increase. Also, uh, hat tip to the secondary. You know, this is the, how many straight games here? I apologize, I've lost count that Arkansas State is recording an interception. And we've seen multiple players get into the mix as well. Sammy Johnson, of course, with the game ceiling, INT in this one. But he was not the only player to be able to haul in an interception. As we also saw Denzel Blackwell record his first INT as a Red Wolf. Last week it was Ramonic that picked off a pass. The two weeks before that it was Kenny Harris. So we're seeing an A-State defense now that has 10 interceptions so far in these 10 games compared to just six in all of last year. So those are some of my favorite defensive numbers from that win. Again, our phone lines are open, 9303776. Let's check in with Wade. How are you? Oh, I'm great. This is a really nice day, isn't it? It is. Gorgeous. I'm, a, I'm liking this. Let's just carbon copy this one for about the next, uh, let's do 300 all right. days. Um, the next 300 days could be like this. A little bit of snow, a little bit of rain. Um, I was really pleased uh, with that 27-24 and, and 538 yards of offense. Yeah. Looks uh, Looked really good. And I'm looking at stats right now, 32 minutes compared to 27 for them. So, uh not dominating, but had a little more time of possession. Um, so do you think, because I know you're, you know, you eat this stuff up and you're very knowledgeable. You you got you and Kate. Do you think that we played better because ULM's not that great? Or do you think we played better because we've improved? I think it's both. Again, some of the teams that A-State has faced recently, you know, in the two out of the previous three games, it was App State and Louisiana, teams that have significantly surpassed A-State in talent on the lines. So that those games were a struggle. We didn't see that with ULM. They didn't have a particularly strong offensive line. That's still a team that's in, even though they're a lot better than they were last year, they're still in, in a rebuild there. So part of it was the fact that A-State was facing off against a team they could hang with from an athleticism and a talent perspective. But then also, too, I I do think there are improvements on the defense, and we've seen those even against the tougher competition in the previous three weeks. I agree. I mean, to me, it looked like, and I I like, uh, um, you know, the coach at ULM, and uh, I'm excited for them. I mean, gosh, there are, what, third most common foe we've ever played football against. So I'm always rooting for them because 
even though they're small, they, I mean, their athletic budget's only like 15 million. It's pretty small. Um, they've, they've had days where they, what, knocked off in Arkansas, knocked off in Alabama. Um, so they've done it with less. Yeah. So, um, flip gears real quick. Uh, I'm really, really, really enjoy watching Sam Pittman, uh, the, the, the Arkansas play and, and especially his, his way of coaching is just, he is, I don't know how you couldn't like him if you're a football fan, because uh, he's not talking trash. He's not big headed. Um, I think he's just working hard, blue collar, working hard. Um, and he seems to really have gotten the buy in, um, especially with the team. Um, and he just looks like a great coach. I mean, he's just fun to watch. Um, you know, his, uh, his mannerisms, and I like him as a person. I think he's a, a, a really excellent coach. Um, I think he will continue to have them improve. I think they will be contenders more years in the future than they're not, and I think they will definitely be making some trips uh, to some championship games, and they'll be in the discussion uh, for uh, a college football playoff if they continue to, to, to play like he's got them. In, what, this is his second year, correct? Yes. So he's he's come a, he's come a long way. He, I know there's a lot of coaches out there for coach of the year, um, but if they end up winning, well, they can have six now, seven, six wins. Seven, because they got uh, to bowl eligibility what last week. Okay, so they and they still what have two games regular season games left, so they could win eight or nine games. I know they got Bama, but I think they'll give Bama all they want, and I'm, it won't shock me if they beat Alabama. Um, but I'll be surprised if they don't hang pretty tough with Alabama. I think at this point, Sam Pittman has gotten about all he can get out of the caliber of players that were there when he came in. So now his big challenge is going to be able to get to be able to get better players uh, for his roster because right now he's he's still going to be at a talent disadvantage. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if if you know, from our vantage point, if uh, comparatively speaking, if Butch, Coach Jones can get us to move the needle as much by this time next year as Sam Pittman has with Arkansas, I'll be really pleased. And I think he will. I, I think we'll I think we'll see, you know, some good progress in the next um, next season. By this time next year, I think they'll be seeing maybe not, you know, eight or nine games, but I think definitely be more competitive um, and, and hopefully be at least bowl eligible next year for our Red Wolves. I hope that's the case, Wade. Uh, go Red Wolves! I'm excited for the game um, Friday night. I was there. What what year was that? 2000 whatever. Uh, the, the ladies were here. 2005. Uh, it was a fun game. It was a fun game, and I uh, hope this one will be likewise. Um, a good crowd, and uh, you know everybody stays healthy, and we just you know battle it out on the floor and see what happens. We'll go see Red Wolves! Wade, we'll see you there. Have a good do- have a good day. Thank you. Nine three zero three seven seven six. The number to call. Let's check in with Miss Lisa. How are you? Well, I was just listening to uh, Wade. I'm fixing to give him a little food for thought. Uh, Jesse and I will be there Friday night also. Uh, Wade, listen to this. If, now that's capital I and capital S, if Arkansas beats Alabama and if uh, Auburn beats Alabama, that will mean that Ole Miss, who beat Arkansas by one point, will win the SEC West. And if 
that happens, Kate and I are going to ride horseback into the wild blue yonder, <laughs> never to be seen again. So think about that today when you're eating lunch or trying to go to sleep at night. Picture that in your mind. That'd be fun, wouldn't it, Cade? I would do a lot of a lot of illegal things for that to happen. A lot of illegal things. <laughs> well, I gotta brag on the Razorbacks right quick, right quick. I'm telling you that freshman kicker we've got. I I'm in love with that kid. And um, but you know, here's where coaching matters. He was talking about coaching, and it's all about coaching. And then you got to have the players. As I was sitting here watching that game. Uh, I, I could see, and I'm not a coach, but I could see by watching the game, LSU had better players. They had four-star and five-star players out there. They were fast. They were big. They were strong. But with the exception of us with Traylon Marks, KJ Jefferson, and, and a few more, they had probably more talent on the field. But... You know, our our players have bought into our coach, and, and he's right. you got to be crazy not to like Sam Pittman and his wife. They never could have any children. They've been married 35 years, and they just sort of mother and father all these kids. But he's a wonderful man, and I hope he's with Arkansas. Well, he'll retire at Arkansas, but I hope it's a long time down the road. But... um. I wanted to say something right quick. I just can't help myself about Texas. Now, there's your circumstance. when Kate, weren't you kind of surprised when they hired Steve Sarkeesian anyway? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a little I, off the wall. I, I, I was, too. And here's, here's a school that has just knocked five-star players off the front door. Yeah. They have to just knock them off the front porch. And they get beat by Miss Lisa, Kansas. I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry because I love to make fun of Texas. We've well, got, I mean, I we've, do too. We've, I mean, I, there's nobody. I Yeah, there is. I, I guess, I, and Kate knows this. I don't like Ole Miss, yeah. and I hate Auburn. I'm, I'm trying not to talk over you, but Miss Lisa, I'm so sorry. I've got to take a break. Oh, so that's okay. Well, I understand. I understand. And I take so long anyway to say one word. But anyway, screw Texas. <laughs> I'll end it with that. <laughs> Thanks, Miss Lisa. We'll see you. And we'll go to break. We'll be back in a moment here on the ticket. Northeast Arkansas Sports Station is 95.3 The Ticket. It's above the noise. It didn't take long for the Cam Newton memories to flood back for Carolina fans. On his first play since signing last Thursday, Newton ran in a touchdown. On his second play, he threw for one. After he got into the end zone, Newton took off his helmet and screamed, I'm back. He happened to get a penalty, but that's not the point. Who knows if he'll be able to produce at that level like he used to with the Panthers. But the team was fired up, and they took on the NFC-leading Cardinals and took them to task in Arizona. Panthers won 34-10. They're 5-5 in the playoff picture. We'll see what Newton can do this year. He's only 32. Panthers seem to be open to anything at quarterback. Long way to go, but watching Cam suit up in black and silver and blue was a lot of fun. He should get a chance against his former coach, Ron Rivera, and Washington next week. All of a sudden, the Panthers have become a much more interesting team. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.
In 2021, there are self-driving cars, plant burgers, tourists in space. The least your phone could do is download entertainment in a flash. For that, you should go to AT&T 5G. AT&T 5G is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Want to make sure your phone service keeps up with what you need from it? Get AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires a compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Whether you're golfing or working out, my body doesn't recover like it once did. And that's why I'm so thankful for Level Select CBD. I trust Level Select because it's formulated by actual doctors using high concentrations of CBD. I apply Level 3 sports cream to wherever I'm sore and let their proprietary blend of CBD go to work. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30, $30 off your entire order today. $30 off LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30, not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Yard Envy. It's a real thing. The guy three houses down has an amazing yard. Why can't my lawn look lush and healthy? Well, he uses J&K Lawn and Tree Service. Whether the job is large or small, commercial or residential, J&K Lawn and Tree Service offers incredible lawn care. Call 870-897-1329 today. Overgrown hedges, troublesome trees, or unwanted stumps, J&K can take care of that too with tree removal, trimming, and fertilizing too. J&K also has a 10% discount for seniors and veterans. Call 870-1329. Make your lawn the best on the block with J and K. Trust your heart to better care at NEA Baptist. Better access means communication with your award-winning cardiac team anytime, anywhere with the MyChart app. Better technology means leading the state with new treatments and interventions right here in Jonesboro. Better is an integrated team of experts at your service when seconds matter. Your heart deserves better. Find it at NEA Baptist. Um, hello? Be part of the conversation on the Workday Red Zone. Phone lines open now, 930-3776. Very short, very abbreviated segment here to wrap up the noon hour. Of course, we've got a lot more to get into in the second hour of the program. We'll start looking around at uh, what else happened across uh, over the weekend, of course, and we've got some A-State hoops to talk about. Uh, tough Friday for both programs as both came out with losses, of course, a doubleheader coming up tonight at First National Bank Arena. Plenty of interesting action going on, though, in, in the Sunbelt Conference over the weekend, in the Top 25 over the weekend. So uh, those are all things we'll try and dip our toes into in the second hour of the program as we uh, continue to come back and, and recap everything. Again, apologies on having to cut Miss Lisa off because she was about to tell us all about how Kansas <laughs> beat Texas Yeah, over the weekend. And, uh, I mean, Texas is back. Yeah. Quote of the night from a Texas A&M fan on the shuttle after the game was, well, at least Texas lost. There you go. <laughs> More on uh, all of that. When we come back in the second hour of the program, as mentioned, still a lot to get to. But, of course, we'll still have plenty of time for you to weigh in on the phones as well. We'll start sifting through some of your tweets on the KavanaughCars.com question because a lot of you with good responses there as well. So keep it here. Another hour to go. We hope you stick with us right here on The Ticket.
This is Will Oswald with your Monday Ticket Sports Update from KDA. Brian to Plans to Tire Service. Arkansas State Volleyball will open up the 2021 Sunbelt Conference Championship Tournament on Thursday in Foley, Alabama. The fourth seed from the Western Division will take on the Eastern fifth seed, Georgia State, at 2.30 on Thursday. The winner gets Eastern Division champion South Alabama at 2.30 on Friday in the quarterfinals. A-State women's bowling team wrapped up the fall schedule over the weekend with a fourth-place finish at the Lady Jack Classic in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the tournament hosted by Stephen F. Austin University. In women's college basketball yesterday, Paige Becker scored a career-high 34 points. Little Rock's Kristen Williams added 18 as second-ranked UConn opened their season with a 95-80 win over the Razorbacks in Hartford, Connecticut. Arkansas led by 20 points from Amber Ramirez. The Razorbacks next game Friday night at First National Bank Arena against Arkansas State. Bringing you the best deal on tires since 1963 and now at two Jonesboro locations. That's Plaza Tire Service and that's the latest from the ticket. Tickets for the annual Grand Classic are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DougClassic.com. Duck Classic is a charity duck hunting competition benefiting the NEA Baptist Charitable Foundation. Ask how you could win great prizes like a 2021 Polaris Ranger 1000 Premium from Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, a $15,000 shopping spree to gamble home, and the duck truck, courtesy of Glenn Sane, completely camoed up and tricked out by DNW Automotive with over $14,000 in accessories. Tickets are only $100 are on sale now at DNW Outdoors, Jonesboro Cycle and ATV, and online at DougClassic.com. The 19th Annual Doug Classic, presented by NEA Baptist, DNW Outdoors, Bandit Avery, Yeti, KAIT, Arkansas Health and Wellness, Drake, Gamble Home, Glenn Sane, Andy's Frozen Custard, Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, Arvest Bank, Bayou DeVue, Elite Home Health, Elite Hospice, Hag Brown, NYIT, Ramson's Construction, Refuge Duck Calls, Sissy's Log Cabin, Sitka, Valley View Agri, Vineyard Outdoor, and East Arkansas Broadcast. Play it against sports wants to pay you money. Now that I have your attention. Play it against sports in Jonesboro wants to buy your used sports equipment. You heard me right. If you have something that's either outgrown or no longer being used, bring it to Play it against sports now. They're looking for youth and adult baseball and softball equipment, golf, weights and workout equipment, disc golf, you name it. Play it against sports can turn it into cash for you. Go buy Play it against sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. You've been told banks with branches don't have the digital capabilities you need, but why not have the best of both worlds? At First National Bank, we have all the online banking tools you could ever need. Plus, if you need something, we have real people in real places near you. Digital, with branches, and real people. We know you can't be everywhere at once, but we can be anywhere you are. Check it, snap it, track it, pay it, move it, and ask it anywhere. First National Bank, putting you first, always. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hey, y'all, this is Matthew Cox with Cox Implement. Time for football and time to check out our new inventory of zero-turn mowers. Don't keep putting money in that old mower and don't wait till next year. It is no secret the inventory has been a challenge in 2021, but at Cox, we are stocking up on zero-turn mowers and preparing for 2022. Kick off the fall with a new zero-turn mower from Cox Implement. Come see us at any of our three locations in Hoxie, Highland, and Jonesboro or visit us online at coximplement.com. Cox Implement, equipment you can Count on people you can trust. You love your truck, and Plaza Tire Service is here to help you make it even better with custom wheels, leveling kits, and the area's best selection of light truck tires, ATs, mud tires, and RTs up to 35s and bigger. Plaza Tire Service has the tires you want in stock today, and we'll help you select a great combination that gets your truck exactly the way you want it. In Jonesboro and South Caraway, and now at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue, the biggest selection, the best service, and the lowest prices on light truck tires are at Plaza Tire Service. Yeah! 
You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. Half time's over, and we're getting back to work. Hour two of the Workday Red Zone begins now. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara Ritchie, Cade Carlton here with you. Happy Monday. Recapping a happy weekend for Arkansas State football and uh, several others. We've got a lot to get into in the second hour of the program. We'll throw back out the KavanaughCars.com question, though, just asking you for your biggest takeaway from that Red Wolves winner over the weekend. 9303776 is the number to call. Arkansas State continuing to, uh, well, not continuing, but getting some accolades from that game. No big surprise here. Blake Groupie. The Sunbelt Conference Special Teams Player of the Week, as he should be. He kicked kicked the game-winning kick, so why not? Uh, he gets the recognition there. He scored nine points. Yeah, nine points in that game. Two field goals, three extra points. So now he's just seven away from being the all-time point scorer in Arkansas State football history. He's uh, got a he's six away from tying Richie Voigt. Seven from being the all-time leader. Just a, a couple more things on A-State, and then, of course, we'll switch gears and, and look at several of the other things that happened around the weekend uh, in terms of A-State football here. But, of course, every game day eve, or every show we do before a game, we throw out five questions that we think will will decide the contest. So we come back on Monday and kind of check and see how relevant those questions were after all. The first question we ask you, actually on Thursday instead of Friday, since we're off on Friday, we ask you if A-State's defense could take the next step. At the beginning of the season, what we saw over and over from Arkansas State, of course, were those crazy long explosive plays. 50 yards, 60 yards, 75 yards, 99 yards. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And then over the past couple of weeks, we hadn't seen very many of those explosive plays. Unfortunately, what we started to see instead is is the really long drives. We would see a team have a four-minute drive, 80 yards down the field, just uh, kind of nickel and dime their way down the field, five yards here, eight yards here, whatever. So the question was, when would Arkansas State be able to progress even further from that and start getting more teams off the field earlier in drives so they didn't turn into those four-minute, five-minute drives? Well, they weren't perfect in terms of taking the next step on Saturday at ULM, but there was some significant progress there. Uh, we did, unfortunately, see the, the return of the one-play touchdown drive. Mentioned that earlier. ULM started the second half with a 75-yard rushing touchdown, and that one, whew, that one hurt at the time. But A-State rebounded from that, and through most of the game, we saw the A-State defense play well. Yes, they gave up um, a three-minute scoring drive. Uh, there was a 60-yard scoring drive, 63 yards, but... One, two, three, four, five, three and outs that A-State forced in this game, as well as a drive that was just two plays that ended in an interception. Of course, there was an interception to end the game. So I felt like the the answer to that question is, is yes, we started to see A-State take the next step in terms of getting ULM off the field. I think they were six for 18 maybe on third down, so a 33% uh, conversion percentage, and uh, and you'll take that. 
We also ask you if A-State could keep drives going. ULM didn't necessarily have great third down defense coming into the game. So Arkansas State was going to need to do a better job in converting third downs and fourth downs and keep the drives alive. This was a really mixed bag (laughs) in terms of how A-State fared there. We've already talked a few different times about the failure to convert on fourth and short. And overall on the game, Arkansas State did not have a great third down conversion percentage. But what we did see in this game is we saw Arkansas State fare better on first and second down. So therefore, they were continuing to move the chains. They were in situations where they weren't looking at third and 12 or whatever. So we saw some progress there. The third question we ask you is how would the quarterbacks be used? Again, Lane Hatcher was coming off two, two tough performances. And he took uh, significant, significant steps forward in this one with the way he plays. But we also did see a few sprinkles of Wyatt Beagle. As mentioned earlier, and again, I missed this when I, when I watched it on Saturday, was going back and watching the replay this morning. It was actually Wyatt Beagle who was on the field for the very first touchdown score of the game. Now, that was just a handoff on a, on a sweep to, um, to Corey Rocker. But they were able to score with him out there. He also had a play on fourth and short where he got tied up by the tough by the turf monster. So we've seen a couple of <laughs> tough ones for Wyatt Beagle, both with the turf monster and then the bad snap last week. So still working out some kinks there. But we're starting to see the type of, of plays that Jones is bringing him in for. And for the most part, better, more good than bad. So I would imagine we'll continue to see him sprinkled in over the final two games. We ask you for our fourth question on Thursday, whether or not the run game could get any traction. And again, this is a little bit of a a mixed bag question in the sense that the power run game is still, it's still non-existent. Arkansas State was one for four on fourth down. And on those plays that were fourth and short where Arkansas State was trying to convert, those were, they were unenjoyable to watch. Nothing good happened for most of those plays and it was frustrating to see. Additionally, if you look at how A-State fared in the second, third, and fourth quarters, well, not a lot of success running the ball in, in, those, in those quarters. Um, in fact, Arkansas State rushed for just 24 yards in the second half, eight yards in the second quarter. So quarters two through four, 32 rush yards. But the first quarter, they were able to go out and, and find some success there. 10 carries for 62 yards. By the way, the 62 yards A-State had in the first quarter tied how many yards they had in the previous game against App State. So, again, mixed bag because you saw the success early, but it did not work for the team late. And then our final question we asked you was, can this game get drunk? And what we meant by that is sometimes goofy things happen at ULM. And the wilder it is, typically the better chance A-State has of surviving and coming away with the win. Uh, this game, in that aspect, did not hold a candle to 2017 A-State at ULM. It, it didn't really compare to 2019 when that game was like a 48-41 to 41 final. There were some goofy things that happened, as we've already mentioned, with the interceptions. But the answer to that overall, not really. But Arkansas State found a way to win anyway, so you'll take it. Last question here about this game, and it has nothing to do with anything we've, we've discussed so far. But I want to get your opinion for those of you listening out there, and I want to get Kate's opinion in the studio as well. Did you like the ULM jerseys or no? Uh, no. 
Okay. No, I that I just thought I thought they looked cheap. I had real mixed feelings. One, I really liked the helmet because it was just unique and different, and nothing else in college football looks like that. But I never could figure out really how I felt about the jersey itself. I I love I love the concept. You know, you have the P forty jerseys is what they're called. It celebrates the Warhawk, which again, if you haven't been paying attention, it's not a bird technically as their mascot. It's a plane, but it just it looks like they almost look like a bad hyper color. Yeah, like, like hyper color gone wrong. See, I the helmet was the part I I didn't like the most. Really? Yeah, okay. I I didn't like the helmet at all. Uh. I mean, I guess the, I don't know, the jerseys just kind of look cheap with the, the, whatever they had on the shoulder and then like the yeah. red stripe going in the middle of the pant. I don't know. I just, I wasn't a fan. I just, uh, yeah, I think I lean more towards that at, at the end of the day. Elsewhere, looking around the Sunbelt Conference from Saturday, Coastal Carolina is not going to be playing uh, without a few different, without a lot of help in, in this year's Sunbelt Conference championship game. They're without Grayson McCall and that showed up. Saturday as they lost to Georgia State 42-40 to there in, uh, that one was in Conway or Myrtle Beach or wherever you want to call the town they play. So pretty much uh, the dream is dead for them. They obviously fell out of the top 25 this week, and I don't know how they're going to fare, but, you know, the chance of having that Coastal Carolina and Louisiana game that we were supposed to see last year and didn't get, that's, yeah, that's uh, that ship has sailed. Uh, meanwhile, it does look like App State is going to win the East, and so we'll see the rematch in the Sunbelt Conference game that we saw in years one and two. Um, they haven't mathematically clinched it, by the way. I just can't personally wrap my head around the chance of them not getting there. They won 31-7. to That one was in Boone. Meanwhile, the struggles continued for Texas State. They lost to Georgia Southern 38-30 to at home. I really wonder just how much more time they're willing to give Jake Spavadol. It is. It has not been a very pretty year there in San Marcos. And uh, Cajuns did end up uh, being able to get a win against Troy in Troy. That one was close after the half, but the Cajuns pulled away in the third quarter. So they had already clinched the Sun Belt West. But I think over the weekend, with their win and with the way things occurred in the uh, the Sunbelt East. They were able to go ahead and clinch home field advantage as well. So the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, Raging, Case, Raging Cajuns versus opponent TBD, slated for December the 4th. They're in Lafayette, Louisiana. We've got a lot to get into, so we're going to go ahead and hit pause here. Well, I'll tell you what, as soon as I say that, the phone rings. So we'll keep it right here for a second. See who's on the phone with us before we dive into a break and, and come back and continue uh, to talk some college football with you. But uh, we'll check in with D-Money, who's with us on the phone. How are you? I'm excellent. Absolutely excellent. The Hogs delivered for me. I'm so happy. <laughs> As you know, I'm from Louisiana, so I got to make several, several fun phone calls uh, Saturday night into Sunday. It was glorious. I could even see blue. He was telling me, keep doing it. So, yeah, it was pretty sensational. I didn't get to see any of the A-State game, but it's good to see them get off the schneid. Yeah. Um, Coastal lost this weekend, correct? Yeah, they did. Who beat them? Georgia State? 
Yeah, so Coastal lost their quarterback, I think, the game before last went down with, with injury, and I'm not sure what exactly his injury is, but obviously that, that changes their offense for them dramatically. So they lost uh, on the road at Atlanta. Yeah, well, I tell you what, their quarterback, their starter, is tremendous. I yeah. saw him in person. He, <laughs> he'll, he'll play at the next level. He's he's pretty pretty special kid. Yeah, just a sophomore. By the way, that game was not in Atlanta. We just talked about it 45 seconds ago. That game was – Coastal <laughs> Carolina lost at home, but uh, still they, they lost to Georgia State. That's really surprising that they lose at home. I mean, that's they're, they're usually very tough at home. Yeah, I, I guess there's just something about that hideous surf turf that brings <laughs> out the best in the fancy chickens. <laughs> I suppose so. Who knows? But, uh, no, you know, it was a good weekend. High school football was pretty good. Newport surprised the heck out of me. I thought they'd have beat Lincoln. Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of good first round action from around the state, and of course here in here in NEA as well. Well, I was I, I was super super happy for Manila for them to win, for them beating Danville. That that's been a great story this year. That coach has done a great job. Uh, I know they have a large number of seniors, and those those kids they might not be the biggest and they might not be the fastest, but I tell you what, they hit like trucks. I was, so. I was excited to see that as well. We talked with, back when we did um, High School Football Media Day earlier this year at Temple before the season kicked off, we talked with Kane White, who's the, the first-year head coach there. and the, I yep. mean, his enthusiasm was just off the chart. It really was. Uh, so he was a, a fun guy to talk to, so I'm glad to see that success there. Well, he, I mean, he, and he maintains it. Yeah. I mean, the whole time, he, he keeps that type of mentality, keeps that attitude, and it's infectious. And the kids have taken his per- on his personality on the field. And I, I'm just super happy for them. I've, I'm excited to see how far Hoxie goes. Uh, I saw them on the field a couple times. And good God, they are huge. Really? They, they have some – oh, they are humongous. They've got a nose tackle. The kid's about 6'4", 350, and he's not a sloppy 350. He's just a big old boy. So he's going to cause people a lot of problems. So I haven't looked at the bracket. I don't know what they could possibly run into Harding Academy. But if they play Harding Academy, that's going to be one heck of a ball game. Man, 350 is a that is a that is a large high school player. Yeah, he is. He is not a small child, and I'm very glad I don't have to feed him because I imagine that kid could he could he could go he could shut down some buffets. I I bet I bet 350 probably takes a lot to maintain. Well, he also, I mean, he's not the only one. They've got four or five kids that they uh, that they can roll out that are all pretty big. And the other part of it is they've got about eight, nine kids that they play on the line, on both lines. So they stay fresh. And for a 3A school, that's very, very rare. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you you get to 3A, you've got kids go playing <laughs> both ways, and, yeah. and you've just got a limited number of, of depth in the trenches. You don't have depth in the trenches. You have dudes that you hope can last for the full game and their quarterback is something special and then they've got that their little uh hybrid guy number two who's really good as well so i look for them to do really well i think they're gonna go pretty deep into the uh into the playoffs so but that's all i got for today i just wanted to call and say you know hi to everybody miss lisa i'm I'm right there with you thumb up uh enjoying the boot being back in the state and mostly because i get to make fun of people there you go whatever makes you happy and I appreciate that. Have a good day. Hey, you too, D-Money. Hey, uh, we'll hit pause. We'll come back, start looking around uh, the college football action for the weekend. Keep it here with us on The Ticket. 
The Ritter Communications Hotline is open now on Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. Call 930-3776. When it's time for tires, it's time for local tire and wheel. Where $30 gets you started on the tires you need and the wheels you want. $30 today gets you a brand new set of tires that will give you peace of mind as you prepare for holiday travel. $30 today gets you a brand new set of off-road tires that guarantees you won't get stuck in the mud this hunting season. Yeah, you heard right. $30 gets you started today at Local Tire and Wheel. With easy payment plans to fit your budget, no credit check, and everyone approved. Plus, all tires come with peace of mind from Local Tire and Wheel's roadside assistance and road hazard protection programs. Local Tire and Wheel is locally owned and operated, and that means customer satisfaction is priority one. Plus, area manager Paul Stallings has a 12-year track record of serving his clients in the tire and wheel marketplace. Local Tire and Wheel, 1518 South Caraway in Jonesboro, right across from Burger King. LocalTireandWheel.com. And on Facebook, search Local Tire and Wheel Jonesboro. Central Buick GMC is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Central Buick GMC has new inventory arriving daily, but it's going quickly. Come in and reserve yours today. Central also has hundreds of pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Central Buick GMC is Central Satisfaction. 2907 East Parker Road and online at centralbuickgmc.com. You've got a lot riding on how well your car gets repaired. When you choose Stadium Auto Body after an accident, you know you've chosen the best body shop in Northeast Arkansas. Stadium Auto Body is iCar Gold Class certified, meaning our auto body professionals have current, up-to-date training that contributes to complete, safe, and quality repairs. Accidents happen. We're what happens next. Stadium Auto Body in Jonesboro and StadiumAutoBody.com. Stadium Auto Body, take care of you. At Mr. T's, they know football games start way before kickoff. And that's why Mr. T's is your tailgate party headquarters this football season. Get 30 packs of Bud, Bud Light, Coors, and Miller Light for just $20.75, tax included. Plus, Mr. T's has the largest selection of beers and wines from around the world, all at the absolute best prices. So make the game-winning drive to Mr. T's at Riverside or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's at Riverside. Don't get caught unprepared for colder weather. Go by JT White Hardware and Lumber now. JT White has all the things you need to make sure your space is winter ready inside and out. Check out their selection of heaters for your house, shop, or maybe even deer stand or duck blind. Plus, JT White has pipe wraps, faucet covers, and anything else you need to make sure you don't have a busted pipe in your future. And as always, JT White has the materials you need for any size project at your house. Trust the name the pros trust. JT White Hardware and Lumber. Parker and Harrisburg Road just off I-555 in Jonesboro. On paper, it's the best sports show around. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Karen Kate here with you. Phone lines open 930-3776. Today's KavanaughCars.com question. What was your biggest takeaway from the A-State winner over ULM over the weekend? Looking at some some of your responses on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie from A-State Fan Rules says, quote, the defense is no longer a hopeless eyesore. 
It's always a plus. Man also credits the defense, says they responded when put in tough situations and got back up when they were punched in the mouth. Follow up on that, Steven says, no quit in the program. We'll continue to look around at your answers there. And, of course, the phone lines are open as well. Our question is brought to you each day, my friends, at KavanaughCars.com. Starting to be time. Well, if you're making a big purchase, maybe a little bit past time. Start thinking about some Christmas gifts. And if you are searching for possibly a vehicle for yourself, happy Christmas to you or to uh, someone you care about, well, you should go ahead and start that search at KavanaughCars.com. It's got all of their inventory right there online, and they have so many different ways to help you search. Maybe you're not necessarily set on the exact vehicle you want. Uh, you can go in and search by year. You can go in and search by body style, so that way you can pick out what is going to be the perfect vehicle for you or your family. You can also go ahead and get pre-approved. There will your online as well. They've even got someone you can chat with there on the site just in case you have any questions that you can't find by, by clicking around on the numerous helpful links that are there for you. But again, just head to KavanaughCars.com for more info. Let's go to the phone lines and check in with Chuck. How are you today? I'm doing good, Kara. It's always a good day when you get to talk about ASU getting a win. It is. It has happened so infrequently <laughs> this year. I'm almost <laughs> not even sure. I wasn't even sure which direction to go when the program got started today. But uh, somehow, some way, you know, we figured it out. We've been able to recap it, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they got a good, uh, got a win this weekend, man. I mean, sounded like they went down there and played well. There were definitely some some good moments. You know, we saw again about forty five minutes of of well played defense. Um, we saw this team, you know, never never give up, even when it looked like for a little bit things were going to trend in a not good direction. But I do feel like there are quite a few positives you can take from this one. You know, this has been a strange year. It really has. Yeah. You know, I mean, you see Kansas get a win this weekend over a blue blood. <laughs> uh, first conference win in, I want to say, five years, but I've been told four or six. That's crazy. It is, man. I, and then, you I think you they know, hired you see, a good coach there, but I still didn't exactly see them beating Texas this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't either. Uh, you know, and then, you know, Georgia State beats Coastal. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have a boy from uh, Arkansas ball out against Oklahoma. Yeah, Bohannon. Yeah. You know, this has been a crazy season. And the craziest game probably of the weekend is one that we haven't even referenced yet on the program with that uh, that dogfight between Florida and Samford. Yeah. Dude, I figured he was going to be fired Saturday. Man. And then how they celebrate in the locker room after. Yeah, how do you give up 50-something points to uh, an FBS school that's as terrible as them? I don't know. Samford had over – 500 yards on them. Yeah, they were like, what, 4-5 and five going into the game as an FCS school? I don't know. Yes. I didn't look at Sanford's record. Yeah. Who would have looked at Sanford's record before that game? Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised I didn't fire Dan then. Uh, I think his time is coming. They've just got to get all the, uh, the big donors together on the group chat and figure out who's throwing in what million dollars. Right. And, you know, Cage, your team got a big uh, win this week. A uh, man handling Texas A&M the way they did. 
they manhandled them, but then they didn't put enough points on the board in the first half. And they Texas A Texas A M made it interesting, but no, I and mean, it, it was it was a Broke good off. win. It was it it was a good win. They that's that's the first really big signature win Ole Miss has had in a long time. Yes, it was. See, I thought y'all ended up winning thirty to ten. Uh, we they did because they got an interception and then Snoop Connor ran for a touchdown and then they got a pick six and so they kind of pulled away. But I mean, Texas A and M made it a two point game at one point. It was fifteen thirteen at one point. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, man. But still, man, that's the way Texas A and M's been playing, man. They got manhandled. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Now, are y'all still the Running Reds, or have they changed the name down there yet? Uh, we're the Ole Miss Rebels, so we're never UNLV's the running the running Rebels. Well, okay, so y'all are still the yes, yes. Their mascot and all that. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, we yeah, Ole Miss, Ole Miss does have a mascot. No, they're just they're they're named they're named the Rebels, but they don't have a mascot at this point. Okay. Uh, uh yeah, y'all got a good win. I mean, it was crazy this weekend, man. I mean, and Florida was down big time against Stanford, wasn't they? I caught up on that game late, so I didn't even realize I was supposed to be. I, I didn't think to scoreboard watch Florida Stanford. They were uh, losing at the half. Uh, Florida, it was uh, forty-two thirty-five at the at the half. How do you uh, give yeah, up 42 w- points to an FCS team and a half? Yeah. They're terrible, man. Holy moly. They're, I mean, in which everybody's got to realize, you know, you ain't got Urban Meyer or uh, the old ball coach fixing to walk back through the door. You know, I, I just, I guess recruiting down there has went that bad. I guess so. Yeah. But there's... Florida, there is no excuse for Florida to ever be in a nail biter with with Sanford. Of course, I say that, and you go back to 2013, 2012, and it was in, in Georgia Southern when they were still an FCS team before they joined the Sun Belt Conference. They went down there and knocked off Florida. Right. Right. What about that Florida State Miami game? Did you watch any of that? Uh, I watched. I guess I watched a little bit of it because uh, it was on right before Ole Miss kicked off. So I maybe watched on and off about a quarter. I didn't catch that. I mean that that was a good game. I mean from a, from some bottom feeders of the ACC, it was actually a good game. Yeah. So what's your uh, question of the day, Kara? Well, we're asking today: What's the biggest takeaway from A State's twenty-seven twenty-four win over ULM? Their defense looked better. Okay. And which we all knew the kicker was good, but their defense looked better from what I've read and from what highlights I've seen on YouTube. And it, so, yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was checking the score while I was watching everything else, and I was just waiting for them to, you know, to – let it go. I mean, yeah. when which has been their mo this year, but I'm glad to see they finally got a good win. Maybe they can win out. Which I heard Texas or Georgia State is pretty good. You know, they knocked off uh, 
Coastal this yeah. uh, this weekend, and now that's the biggest surprise of the weekend. Coastal of the year is Coastal, you know, losing two in conference. Yeah, even without having Grayson McCall, I guess I just thought their defense would would fare better or be good enough to be able to contain Georgia State, and that obviously was not the case. Right. So I'm hoping that Georgia State, after getting that big win, will come in flat because they're still high off of that win against A-State, and we can pull out another one. Hey, that would be ideal. Wouldn't be mad about it at all. Me neither. Well, y'all have a great day. Thanks for taking my call, and go Red Bull. Thanks for the phone call, Chuck. We'll see you. Staying right here on the Ritter Communications Hotline, and we'll check in with Billy. How are you today? Doing good, Kara. How are you doing? Hey, doing pretty good. Thanks for giving us a ring. Well, my biggest take on your question was that uh, we actually kicked the field goal and made it when we needed, needed it to be made, and then... We stopped them at the end, and I thought the defense really played. Uh, I thought the defense played okay, but still, with 25 seconds left to go, you you still didn't know, you know what? So, but uh, but anyhow, that's what I was happy about. Yeah, they were able to. So, and we got and we got a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the coastal thing, I'm just wondering since the quarterback's going to be out the rest of the year. If that didn't maybe affect him just a little bit, saying, uh-oh, you know, he's gone. And I'm just wondering if that played a little bit into their loss. Oh, I'm sure it did. Grayson McCall is just a really dynamic player. And and, he's oh, yeah. not, and, and even though he's only, gosh, I guess he's a freshman again since last year didn't count. Right. Any quarterback, even if they're a young quarterback, is is a de facto team leader. So losing yeah. the leader of your offense on the field and then losing a guy who is probably already a leader off the field as well has got to be pretty a, a shocker uh, trying to adjust to that. Well, and, you know, they were kind of like if you watch Cincinnati play. No matter what the score is, they've got that air about them that we're going to pull it out. And the same thing with Coastal. You know, they were down week before last, but you just you kind of had that feeling they were going to pull it out, and they did. So. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like uh, the last caller. Uh, I don't see how Dan Mullen's still around, but one of the best things that happened, though, Texas got beat, and that, that made my weekend. So yeah, It was funny. It was yeah, and the only funny. other thing that would made it better, and I hate to say this because of the last caller, but if Ohio State would have got beat, it would have been that much better, too. So, But, you know. <laughs> you can't have it all. I know. Maybe Michigan State can pull it out, you know, so... <laughs> Still a lot of big games over these final two weeks in college football, no doubt. Hey, this is going to be, for the first time in a long time, this is going to be an interesting two weeks. I mean, just one loss could knock somebody from a fourth to an eighth or something. So it's it's going to be pretty good. It is. You look at the number of, of top 25 versus top 25 matchups that we've got in the next two weeks that are going to be significant yeah. in deciding seeding. And that's even before. We get to the conference championship games that will be coming up on December because Ohio State can still win, but get beat in the playoff and they're gone. You know, and the same thing for Oregon. They can be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think if Alabama gets beat real bad in the championship game by Georgia, I I think they're gone too. So, 
you know, that's that's just my opinion. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a fun and, and wild last two weeks of yeah, the regular for the, season. For the first time in a while, these last two weeks are going to mean a lot, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yep. A lot of must-watch TV over the next couple yep. Saturdays. Should be right. fun. Yeah. And we just got to pull out a win tonight uh, for both teams at the game tonight, and we'll, we'll be even better, so. I think think A-State should be able to handle that, but I tell you what, we'll dive into those games uh, here in just a little bit when we come back from a break. Okay, well, I will listen. Thanks for giving us a ring, Billy. Appreciate you listening. We do need to go ahead and take one of those, and uh, hey, we didn't lie. We'll come back. We'll talk some A-State hoops with your Red Wolves in action. Over the weekend, we'll look at those scores briefly before we dive into what the challenge will look like tonight for that doubleheader at First National Bank Arena. Keep it here with us. We'll be back in a moment on the ticket. When she's not watching sports, she's talking about sports. And when she's not talking sports, she's tweeting about it. All right, boys, how did I tweet on this thing? It's Kara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. Did you know that First National Bank has been serving Eastern Arkansas since 1886? For 135 years, we have been meeting the needs of Eastern Arkansas. It's not only that we know your name, those that have worked before us probably knew your great-grandparents' name. Banking definitely looked different then, but it is the same personal service that we pride ourselves in today. And as most banks have changed hands over time, we are still locally owned and operated. Consistency, stability, and community are what we are built on. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, member FDIC. Collision Repair in Jonesboro knows the hassle that a wreck or fender bender causes in our day-to-day lives. You need to be back in your vehicle fast and don't have time to keep taking it back into the shop for missed details. Collision Repair is committed to delivering quality work in a timely manner so you can be back on the road fast. You'll be glad you chose collision repair to get your car back to normal after an accident get your vehicle fixed right the first time call collision repair at 935-9482 Lensmasters in downtown jonesboro is your one hour eyewear center that's right get your glasses in just one hour just bring your prescription in and our trained eyewear specialist will style you with the perfect glasses for you selection isn't a problem at Lensmasters. we have the largest eyewear showroom with the top brands come see us today and let our trained stylist and licensed opticians help you with the style perfect for you. Our on-site lab makes your prescription lenses in just one hour. Lensmasters, 320 South Church Street, downtown Jonesboro. Looking for an affordable car, truck, or SUV that you can buy wholesale? Then the team at Magnet Motor Company and Paragold can help. Fixed income, bad credit, good credit, or just need to build your credit? Magnet can take care of you with low-cost cars, trucks, and SUVs. You can pay with cash. You can pay with credit card. And Magnet also offers financing. Check out our inventory at magnetmotorco.com and call 215-0077 and let us put you in your next ride today. Magnet Motor Company, Highway 49 South in Jim's Pawn Shop in Jonesboro wants to help you with your stress about paying bills by giving you top dollar for all of your gold and silver jewelry or coins. Deal with local people who will be there for you this week and the next. Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland has been in business for over 25 years and is known for the best loan terms in the area. Jim's will give you money on almost anything of value. You'll find a large selection of items at price to help your budget. Diamonds, musical instruments, video games, hunting gear, electronics, inventory changes daily. Visit Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland in Jonesboro. Voted best to the best six years in a row. Red Wolf fans, this is head coach Mike Filato inviting you to join the A-State men's basketball program in the First National Bank Arena this season. Our season and single game tickets are on sale now and you don't want to miss a minute of the action. Alame dribbles right side. His shot blocked out of there by O'Meara. Wesley back the other way. Here's the exclamation mark. 
Secure your seat for every home game today. Visit astateredwolves.com slash tickets or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. Giving you 110% and taking it one show at a time. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Kate with you. 930-3776 is the number to call. Hey, some quick shameless self-promotion here on the program. Uh, here at The Ticket, we're always trying to find new ways to, to bring you content. And I've loved over the past few months, you know, seeing people that I work with bring in podcasts. Of course, we've added a new show in the setup over the past few months, and, and we want to do things where we just continue to bring you more and more access to, to A-State athletics or sports stories or things like that. And I, I guess I'm, I've am i started blogging, I guess is what you would call it. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it blogging or what I want to refer to it as, but about twice a week I'm going to put out some write-ups at 953theticket.com. That'll be easy to find. Of course, I'll tweet out links on all of my social media and It'll be the topics that are that are kind of on my mind. More often than not, these are going to be A-State related. Although if we get to, you know, deep into the offseason in July, I can't always promise we're going to be bringing you new college-related content. I, I, might, dip, I might dip into uh, some Cardinal stories at that point in time. But for the most part, A-State related stories where I'm going to be just going through some different things, perhaps putting out some more statistics and things like that that I don't necessarily want to, to do a deep dive into on the show so that's going to come out at some point in time today just trying to find out the best place to put it on our website and also still going back and forth on a couple different names to possibly call it but uh, we're going to look the very first one is going to be about how Butch Jones can can rebuild this defense what he needs to do next and we'll flash back to some previous A-State defenses look at how some changes were made there and what could be ahead Um, these are going to come out ideally like Monday and Thursday one of course will be Following the weekend's action, one might preview a little bit, although uh, rarely, if ever, will we do game recaps. You can find those several other places, and a lot of the people who do that are a lot better at it than I am. So we won't uh, bog you down with that. But again, uh, look for that this afternoon at 953theticket.com, and I'll be posting links at Kara underscore Richie. Let's talk hoops. Doubleheader coming up tonight at First National Bank Arena. Of course, women's hoops up first at 5 o'clock. They'll be taking on McNeese. Men's basketball to follow at approximately 7.30 as they take on Central Baptist College. But, of course, both teams were also in action on Friday. We weren't able to join you Friday because we did have women's hoops. And I guess we'll start there. We'll start ladies first and go in the order of the action on Friday as we look ahead to also what's coming up tonight at FNB Arena. Um, I was – you don't necessarily love a loss. And, and Arkansas State lost 101 to 89 at Oklahoma Friday morning. But I did find some encouraging things there, kind of in the box score as you look around to uh, the, the final outcome there. And, and one of the things that I found a little bit encouraging were the turnover numbers in that game, or maybe just possibly the lack of them from the A-State women's basketball team. 12 turnovers. Now, they only had eight assists, so that's not an ideal number to, to, to match up with it. But with this A-State team right now, of course, they are still without Jaira Washington. And when she gets healthy, when she gets completely recovered from, from her knee surgeries, she's going to be back in the mix. She's the point guard. She 
is the ball handler for this team. She's the, the captain on the court. When Jiver went down with an injury last year, this team just kind of fell apart from a ball handling standpoint. And we saw multiple games where the turnover numbers for A-State were, if not at 20, then, then close yeah. to it. And, and we saw a lot of that without Jira in the mix last season. In Game 1, Arkansas State, of course, facing an opponent that they were significantly better than. But in this game, again, facing off against an Oklahoma team that is receiving votes in the AP poll, a team where you had a little bit of a hostile environment since it was their kids' day and, and they had a lot of fans there at Lloyd Noble Center. I'm encouraged by the 12 turnovers by A-State. I'm sure if you ask Matt Daniel, he'd tell you he'd want to see even fewer. But I think that is a perfectly fine number for the Red Wolves. Um, also, the three-point shooting, you know, they finished 8 for 20. You'll take a game all day, every day, where your team shoots 40% from the field. And A-State was very, very good in this game at getting to the line. Now, a little whistle-heavy, <laughs> particularly in the second half. Yes. As in the second half, these teams combined for 46 free throw attempts, which is absurd. But still, especially in a game where you're going up against an opponent that is usually going to be bigger than you and deeper than you down low, I like the fact that Arkansas State still continued to uh, be aggressive and, and draw fouls. Obviously, Kate Carlton saw this one up close and personal. I'm curious your takeaways from how A-State performed there in, in Norman. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a really good showing. Uh, it was the most interesting stat, and Caleb Caleb actually sent this to me, I think, before he put it out. What uh, You know, A-State scored 89 points. It was the most points they've scored against a Power 5 team since 2005 in the WNIT against really? Arkansas. So, I mean, it, it, it's been, what, 16 years? Yeah. Uh, since they've scored that many against a Power Five team, so I mean, I think that is, I think that's, you know, very impressive. And then, obviously, you know, Morgan Wallace had the most free throw makes in a game for an A State player since 2007 because she had 15. She went 15 of 16 from the free throw line, and she's uh, she's actually third in the nation now in free throws made in the entire country. That's wild. Yeah, because she went 15 of 16, and I think yeah. had three or four makes against Central Baptist. So. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of good things to take away. And then, you know, you have a freshman duo in, in Lauren Pendleton and Jade Upshaw that have scored in double digits in back-to-back games. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of positives to take away. I just – I thought Oklahoma was pretty good. I yeah. mean, they have, they have a couple of – you know, Maddie Williams and Taylor Robertson, both preseason All-Big 12. One was on the Naismith Award watch list. The other was on the Ann Myers-Drysdale Award watch list. So they have a slew of nominees, and it just, you know – you could tell why they had those nominees at yeah. points on Saturday or Friday morning. A-State looks to rebound rebound today against McNeese. Again, this one tips off at 5 o'clock right here on the ticket. Uh, McNeese is 2-0. and They played UAPB is who they opened the season yeah. with and got a five-point win there in Pine Bluff. They've also played a school I've never heard of before in my life, so we're just going to skip over Southwestern Assemblies of God or something like that? That's it. Yeah. I have no idea what that program existed until last night. They're the Lions. I can tell you that because I have up McNeese's website. Right in front of me uh, apparently, that. according to McNeese State's game notes, we are the Lions because under the section where they preview the opponent, they said scouting the Lions. And they said Matt Daniels in his third season as the head coach. Well, 
Looks like there's going to be a new mascot revealed tonight at First <laughs> National Bank Arena. That keeps it exciting, right? Uh, obviously, I'm I'm kidding, kidding there. Is it's going to be the Red Wolves taking on McNeese? But I, I like this game as the potential for a bounce back opportunity against a state. So looking forward uh, to this one at five. Kate Carlton with you on the pregame beginning at four thirty. Looking at the men, uh, very forgettable game in Illinois. Uh, they're the 11th ranked team in the country for a reason. This one was was lopsided. Uh, A-State early in this one, I guess it was about midway through the first uh, first half, excuse me, had kept things competitive and in fact even went on a little bit of a run after it looked like it was on, almost going to be a blowout from the, from the initial tip-off. They did manage to kind of scramble back there and get some some points on the board but then after that it was just um it was all it was all Illinois and it was bad all around in this one uh when you look at the box score there's just very little encouraging there was there were a million fouls now full disclosure I did not watch this game because to watch it you were gonna have to pay ten dollars to purchase the big 10 network for a week or a month or a day or whatever and I I didn't want to do that so I can't elaborate on why there was such a foul discrepancy. I can't elaborate on the multiple technicals that were given out in that game. I know Mike Bellotto had one. There was an Illinois player who had one. I can't elaborate on the fact that, you know, Omir fouled out in that game, did not have a good statistical performance that we are accustomed to, unfortunately. And I know I sound pretty much worthless when I'm talking about this game. I just don't have a lot of information. I've not read anything good about it. So, A-State's going to have to get back with it tonight and refocus as they take on Central Baptist College. A-State should win this game. They should win this game by a lot. It should not be close. There should not be starters playing in the second half. Uh, there probably will be because, again, you're trying to build up to the season. You can't just have a dude play 10 minutes and call it good. But this should be one of those games that, that should be over fairly quickly after tip-off. I feel like even in a, a good year for Central Baptist College, they probably would not be able to hang roster-wise with Arkansas State, and I don't think they're having a good year. The Mustangs are 0-4. This one is slated to start tonight at 7.30 on 107.9 K-Fine. Of course, since it is a doubleheader, it will start uh, about 30 minutes after the women's game concludes. But uh, we do anticipate pregame coverage beginning at about 7 on 107.9 K-Fine. We've got one more break to take. We're going to take it, come back, wrap things up today here on The Ticket. Northeast Arkansas's sports station is 95.3 The Ticket. After 19 years, Nebo Auto Center is moving. That's right. Northeast Arkansas's original new car alternative has a brand new location just a quarter mile south of the old one at 3910 Stadium Boulevard. Nebo is your home to late model, low mileage cars, trucks, and SUVs that fit almost any budget. So visit NeboAuto.com and head to their new location at 3910 Stadium Boulevard. A half mile south of the Bypass and look for the red roof at Nebo Auto Center. We go Nebo. Your vehicle is a personal and important investment. At Central Collision Center, we're more than collision repair. We do everything from minor paint touch-ups and windshield replacements to framework. We're committed to customer satisfaction and provide the highest quality of service. At Central Collision Center, we provide honest and expert auto care and offer a written lifetime warranty and on-site rental car arrangements. Stop by or give us a call today to schedule your free estimate. Central Collision Center. Professional, convenient, reliable. Behind Central Chevrolet on Stadium and online at centralcollisionctr.com. 
New at Farmers and Merchants Bank on Highland Drive in Jonesboro, our MVP Center. That's me banking virtual pro, kind of like an ATM, only there's a real FM banker on screen to help you do almost anything you can do inside the lobby. Live teller hours, 7 to 7 weekdays and 9 till noon on Saturdays. Works as an ATM 24-7. Think inside the box with Farmers and Merchants Bank on Highland and coming soon to Southwest Drive at Parker Road. Member FDIC. Great vision matters, whether you're on the field or in the stands. That's why Vision Care Center of Northeast Arkansas is here to serve you. Vision Care Center offers diagnosis, treatment, and care for a variety of eye conditions. The glasses shop at Vision Care Center also has the most comprehensive selection and expert stylists to find the perfect fit for you to look your game day best. Your road to excellent vision starts at Vision Care Center of Northeast Arkansas. Call 870-932-2211 to schedule your appointment today at our Jonesboro, Paragold, and Pocahontas honest locations. You know, there's a lot of frustration in farming. One of them is sitting in your truck waiting on parts while your field needs to be worked. That's why Baker Implement is committed to you and your farm, providing you the best service, support, and quality parts fast. With multiple locations, they're sure to have the parts you need. That's why you need to visit BakerImplement.com. 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 Because sitting in that truck waiting for them parts just makes you matter and matter. Get your parts Get them fast at BakerImplement.com. Arkansas hunters, we need your help. There's a silent killer in the deer woods that is expanding through our state. Chronic wasting disease, a fatal neurological disease that affects deer and elk. The Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is asking that any harvested deer be tested at more than 100 free testing locations throughout the state. The data collected will be very valuable as we continue our research. To learn more about this disease and to find your closest testing site, visit ArkansasCWD.com. You've already mailed it in at work today, so you might as well keep it right here. Back to the Workday Red Zone. All right, home stretch here on the Workday Red Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Monday. Hope, uh, hope you're still in good spirits today. Hope we didn't bring you down throughout the course of the past couple of hours here on the ticket. 9303776 is the number to call. Pretty much last call here on the phones and on the KavanaughCars.com question. Again, your biggest takeaway from Arkansas State's 27-24 win over ULM. Several other stories that happened over the weekend that we didn't really get time to, to weigh in on today. Obviously, a uh, fascinating weekend in the SEC. You now have Alabama on top of the SEC West. You have LSU on the bottom of the SEC West. And then you've got five schools that could be in the conversation for number two at any given point in time. <laughs> There's we saw Ole Miss get the win over Texas A&M and, and Mike Leach upset Auburn and just any any given Saturday yeah. in the SEC West. Hey, Lane Kiffin called that upset on, on game day Saturday, the state upset. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did pick. Yeah. Mississippi. But he also State. picked Tennessee to beat. He was just going full troll mode. It was awesome. Okay. Okay. It, it, it was. It was pretty cool. But hey, he got that one big one right. Yeah, he did. Elsewhere, as I uh, mentioned, when Chuck gave us a ring, we saw Bohannon, uh, the pride of Earl, be able to come out and get a win, lead his team Baylor, of course, to upset previously undefeated Oklahoma. I. I feel like kind of a hypocrite this season when I talk about when I've talked about Oklahoma because on the one hand I feel like undefeated teams should be given more respect because it is so 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 tough 
to stay undefeated deep into a season. But at the same time, I always felt like they were a little bit fraudulent because they didn't have a big signature win. And in addition to that, there were so many teams they played down to over the course of the season that you felt like it was almost just a matter of time before they kind of messed around uh, with a, a better team for a little bit too long and then saw that team come back and bite them like we saw with Baylor. But I was very much, you know, firmly in the camp that if you trail at any point in time in a season to Kansas, you don't really deserve to be in a college football playoff conversation. But it looks like now Oklahoma has maybe not definitely eliminated themselves from that conversation, but they're going to have a lot of work to do to find their way back into that convo. We saw another coaching vacancy open up this weekend, or actually a couple too, as Washington has ran out Jimmy Lake and FIU is uh, going to be looking for a replacement for Butch Davis following the season. Yes, I know some of you think Butch Davis coaches in Jonesboro, but he does not. That's Butch Jones. <laughs> Haven't seen that mistake made nearly as much recently as we did at the beginning of the year. But regardless, uh, Butch, jo- or Butch Davis, see, now I jinx myself. Butch Davis is on the way out. And he's leaving FIU with a lot of really interesting comments about how poorly funded that program is and how poorly managed their athletic department is. And you can find a lot of spicy comments from Butch Davis without looking very hard today on social media. I do find it interesting. FIU just parted ways with their AD. And this really isn't related to anything on the field, but they don't call their AD an AD. They call their AD the Director of Sports and Entertainment. So they're looking for a new one of those too. Yeah. But that pro- that program has been a mess since their director of sport and entertainment ran off Mario Cristobal in 2012. You know that's one dude that's patting himself on the back from escaping there and getting to greener pastures along the way. Is Cristobal, of course, now the head coach at Oregon, a team that is still in the conversation for the playoffs. Uh, Alabama got a big win. No big surprise there. I do think it's funny that they passed Cincinnati in the AP standings. Not that the AP poll has anything to do with anything in the big picture, but this week of all weeks was the week that did it. And I can't quite wrap my head around that because Alabama got a big win, sure, but that big win was against New Mexico State. So, okay, sure. Washington uh, got the win over Washington State. uh, Told you that there was no way Purdue was going to upset Ohio State this weekend. They did not. because uh, Basically because Purdue doesn't play very well when they're actually ranked. When they're unranked. Yeah, they're a really good team. They're, man, they're the best unranked team probably ever in college football history. And then as soon as they get into the top 25, the dream is dead. And that's what happened this weekend. <laughs> so Ohio State had no issues there. Michigan barely survived Penn State, uh, but they did get a win late in that one. Uh, anything else of note as I'm scanning through here the top 25? Wake Forest avoided back-to-back losses with a win against NC State. Iowa avoided an upset against Minnesota. UTSA stayed undefeated. And uh, next weekend is really going to be, well, the first of three big, huge, massive weekends around college football as we start to see things how start to see how things are going to shake out for this year's postseason. Thanks for hanging out today. I had fun. I hope you had fun. If you missed any of the show, we'll have the full episode up later at soundcloud.com slash 95.3 The Ticket. Keep it here. The setup with Kate and Andrew is next, followed by The Drive at 3 o'clock, followed by A-State Women's Basketball Pregame with Kate Carlton 
at 4.30. Have it here in the morning for the Front Row with Budrow at 7. RWRC Radio with JC comes your way at 10. Kate and I will be back at noon. For Kate, I'm Kara. Thanks for hanging out. Can't wait to talk to you then. Have a great, great day. Thank you.